So uh, we're here. Yeah. So this is this is a first for our podcast. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird to be looking at you because we usually don't <laughs> see even see each other. We talk on Skype and we just talk on like the phone version. Yeah, of Yeah, we don't even use like video for that. Yeah, I think a few a few months ago when we did the episode with with that's not how science works, we. Yeah, did a, a video call and I was like, oh man, I haven't seen Brady in person for like a long time. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Brady is at my house today, so we're recording. We watched both the episodes together right before together. this, and we're yeah. gonna and so we're we're like as fresh as we can be, and we're gonna record this episode and then the episode you'll hear in two weeks right afterwards. Yeah, both of these will be at least for us live. Yep. Like, you know, <laughs> in yep, the same so, room. So. so the audio quality might be a little different, not that we were like amazing before, but we'll, it's just for the two episodes, and hopefully it still sounds pretty good. Also, a bonus, I did figure out when I was screwing the, with the microphone for this session that I had had my microphone on the wrong setting for the other episode's audio that I've been doing for the last, like, probably... I don't know, six months to a year. So uh, hopefully I will remember to adjust that after this recording is over so that we can have a, a better sound then. And and now Brady gets to see me do the dumb uh, <laughs> mouth right. sounds thing in person. <laughs> Hi everybody, welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about... Author, author, which is season seven, episode twenty of Star Trek Voyager. This episode was uh, written by Phil Strong, Mike Sussman, and Brandon Braga, and it was directed by David Livingston. And the Memory Alpha synopsis is: The Doctor completes work on a hollow novel that depicts the crew of Voyager in rather unflattering roles as they abuse and scorn the emergency medical hologram. When the hollow novel is published without his permission, the issue of the Doctor's legal rights is brought into question. Seven reconnects with her aunt. That's a long. That's probably maybe the longest one of the description of these we've ever. Yeah, but it seen. does kind of. Co- I mean, this. I feel like this is an episode where a lot happens. Like I think when we were watching it at one point, we like paused it to see how far into it we were because it seemed like a whole new yeah like story thread starting out yeah i thought it was over after like 30 minutes and then i was like oh no there's 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 still a lot more left and even shoehorn the little b plot into there too yeah and i i really liked it i'm not sure what you thought of it i did too yeah Yeah. i thought this was a really it was both like fun and i I feel like it it kind of hit that balance of being a lot of fun but also just being like a good episode and like being thoughtful at the same time yeah, it it um, and it was just yeah, it was super super ambitious. I thought, which especially yeah. based based on like what you think it's going to be about, and then what it actually is about. I really liked it. I think this is probably. I'm gonna have to go back and look now, but I I think that this is probably my favorite episode of Voyager that we've done in a minute on the show. I think not not like ever, but just like yeah. For I feel like we've had a lot of just. The, just kind of like several whatever. Several of the last few Voyagers we've had have been. Yeah, we we had that like Borg, kind of, ex Borg people thinking, you know, thinking each other's thoughts, and yeah. Tom Paris trying to get Tuvok to cheat on his wife, and <laughs> the them all having that disease, or the, where they steal Neelix's lungs. You know, okay, yeah. it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. but uh, this one, this one was quite good. So yeah, so yeah, uh, Brady, why don't you take us in? I'm not sure how you usually do your synopsis at home, but uh, you can use my mouse if you need to go. Okay, yeah, I've got memory okay. health on the, okay. great, on great, the great. here too, so I'll kind of flip through it. But yeah, so this episode starts out with, I think it starts out kind of set in the beginning of this 
hollow novel that the doctor has written or programmed or whatever or the the cold open is is like a little the teaser is like a little bit of kind of him introducing you you to the hollow novel and then as the episode itself kind of begins and introduces we find out that essentially they've gotten close enough to earth and the the pathfinder project that we actually watched the episode where like reg barkley is making that work that allows them to have kind of these short short periods of like direct communication with back with earth and so we actually start with like the them seeing like someone from earth for the very first time um as they're talking with with barkley and with with admiral paris owen paris Owen Paris. yeah Yeah, tom paris's dad who's like a starfleet admiral that's been kind of heading up this project we Um, don't we don't see him talk to tom paris at all oddly enough this yeah that's true i guess we never we never do because because a lot of the episode is is kind of little bits of various members of the crew kind of talking with their like loved ones back home but yeah that's that's one that surprisingly we never get despite tom paris and his dad both being in this episode they never talk to each other and and then and and this scene i thought was especially by by kate mulgrew by janeway like very well acted mm-hmm. but you could just kind of see the like emotion on her face she manages to carry kind of that that weight of how long it's been and everything they've been through and that they are kind of like have this connection with earth for the really the first time um like without her really saying anything or, or doing anything just from like kind of her facial expression you can see that emotion on her i thought she did a good job in that scene. yeah she's she's good on the show yeah and then yeah and so kind of all the different members of the crew basically they they get i think it's 11 minutes that Mm-hmm. Overall, the ship gets 11 minutes every day where kind of things are lined up right that they can talk with Earth. And so they split it up where they do kind of this lottery for the crew for the order that they get. Everybody gets three minutes to, to talk to someone back back home. And so the doctor uses his three minutes to talk to a publisher, like a Bolian uh, publisher back on Earth, and sends him kind of early drafts of this hollow novel that he's been been writing to be published and then so the crew finds out about it and then they all kind of go and try it out on the holodeck and read it and what they so well i think we talk about this all the time on the show but it has to be said it has to be brought up what does a publisher do in this (laughs) in this universe when there's ostensibly no money why can't you just self-publish like what what is in it for the publisher is it just like the the joy of distributing the, I guess not even the written word, but just like the programmed word or because, yeah, because like does... the, the end of the episode revolves around, and I'm not curious, it's, you know, it's yeah, fine. I'm not, I'm not saying, but the end of the episode revolves around publishing rights. Then like fighting over like the rights of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which shouldn't matter if there's, if there's no, no money profit if, to be made. Yeah. It, yeah. But that's yeah, not really explored. Bo- yeah. Cause it is still like all in the Federation, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I mean, it, cause it makes sense that you would need some sort of, publisher distributor like just to like kind of like collect these works or like get them out there promote them or that Mm -hmm. maybe the publisher is really he's like it's just about like the he's like a curator or like the 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 acclaim like like he you know he he because well because it ends up being about like the rights of a of a hologram to have ownership over their work so maybe maybe it's just like he'll get he'll get like a a future pulitzer and it's like that he he yeah or kind of like the reputation of yeah maybe i don't know like, they, they, he, like he puts out popular stuff, but yeah, that's it's never that's explored. A very good question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is very much done in like a very 
current type of like how the story is told of just like oh like it's publishing rights so mm-hmm. but yeah and so the publisher's very excited about this work and then the crew i think tom paris is the first one to try it out sort of go and experience this this hollow novel that the doctor wrote and it's basically it's set on like all of the names are kind of very slightly changed but it's set on voyager and like all of the characters are just the characters from voyager but slightly different like they're all played by the same actors and have kind of like one difference usually like a lot of them are like different kind of like different, different alien, alien races and a lot um, of them just have different haircuts or <laughs> or facial hair yeah and then and the ship is called the vortex yes in instead of the instead, instead of, the of voyager, voyager. And, and at first, they're, everyone's kind of just, like, a little bit amused by that. But then as the story goes on, they find out that this sto- that all of the, the fictional characters are... It's, like, not real. It's not quite a mirror universe story, but it, it kind of seems like... Like, they're all, yeah. like, very mean. And there's particularly, like, mean and cruel to the Doctor. Because he's trying to write the story to make this point about how holograms are, like, abused and not treated like, you know, like individuals they're just treated like tools or pieces of programming and so all of the the fictional crew members are always abusing him and like being mean to him and kind of taking advantage of him and and telling him to his face that like they don't think he's a real person in that well yeah so so they all they all kind of and so as they all try it out they all kind of see like versions of themselves Themselves, that like that, that do bad stuff so like janeway sees herself kill Kill the hologram, like, like that's the end of the story. Is yeah. Janeway kills the hologram, and and earlier I think Tom Tom Paris sees her kill kill like another crewman, but then and then Tom Paris, I mean his his nothing really bad. Tom Paris's yeah, character doesn't really do anything bad in his and then but then late yeah then later on Belana who is married to Tom Paris at this by this point sees Tom Paris basically just having sex with like a parade of women in yeah in, like, in the, the hall, like in the like med bay yeah like he like tricks the the doctor into going like tells the doctor there's some emergency in engineering so that he'll leave wait do, do we say that you 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 play you you play as the doctor like, yeah it's like a yeah. first person narrative where the whoever is like playing the hologram is the character of the doctor yeah and yeah like you know harry just kind of sees himself being you know just mistrustful <laughs> I, of, yeah. yeah i did like that harry is like the the like fictional harry is entirely aware of his role in the show of being like the red shirt that keeps surviving yeah because <laughs> he says something about like because he doesn't want to kill the doctor because he knows that he's just going to contract a bunch of alien diseases <laughs> and he needs someone to help him. One thing I really liked about this this part of it is that it is like a very much it reminds me of the um, Live Fast and Prosper episode where it, it's like all of the the fake Voyager characters are like they're they're all like kind of doing the community theater version of Voyager and like obviously yeah. Voyager can be like a very corny show but then this is kind of like it's like oh yeah the doctor you know has maybe put together sort of a compelling narrative but he's not really he doesn't like, even even though like people are telling him that his his Nahal novel is good he hasn't quite grasped like the finer points of like subtlety and stuff and so his yeah. version of Voyager is like. It's like it, but then it's heightened. It's almost it's almost like the B movie version of it. So like I th- the thing that really stuck out for me was that like so his his one friend on the ship is, which unfortunately there's no there's no uh, version of Kess in this. Yeah, which this I was kind of late enough in the. Which kind of made me sad yeah. because Kess and the Doctor are friends in the first three seasons yeah, of the show, yeah. but in yeah in in this version though the, he, his only friend uh, in the in the hologram or er, in 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 the hologram novel is 
seven of nine, who I think is called like three of eight or something. Yeah, some other and, combination of numbers, yeah. And so she still has Borgen plants, but they're all it, they're all jewelry now. Yeah, it's like she, she has, has like, like an a Borgen earring, earring and, a, and a bracelet. Yeah. And it, it's like it's like, oh yeah, like that's that's how like you know, like a, a, a sci-fi pulp like paperback person would write this show. Is it like, oh yeah, she's a she's a sexy robot, but she's got like it's not like she's got stuff metal on her face. On her. She's got metal things like but it's a necklace, so it still looks like cooler. Yeah, just like, you know, Chicote's tattoo is much more like kind of prominent and colorful and he's got like long, like stereotypical like Native American hair, I guess. It, like it's it, Yeah, but he's also Bajoran in this though. That's true. He is Bajoran in this, though. Yeah, and yeah, he's got. But yeah, but he does have like the kind of long. Yeah, he's got the the long braid, and I think even like Tom Paris has kind of like a like kind of like a a a douchey seventies creep mustache, and it's like that also just that's just like. Although that's also they had to put that on because otherwise he would be indistinguishable from the real Tom Paris. Right. Like like, the fake Tom Paris is kind of. Just equally like <laughs> he's like to the real Tom yeah. Paris. He's like pre-married Tom Paris, basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, he settles down. But it's, yeah. yeah, he. But yeah, it, it's 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 this thing of like yeah, you're you're heightening it, but also and, and then also I think you're even though the doctor denies it, there's a, a, a for especially that character. It kind of feels like he's he's kind of accidentally showing like what he actually thinks of Tom Paris. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I liked that. Like, because I, I, they don't really ever like explore any of that like in text, but I liked the, the way they were kind of showing off the subtext in like the costume choices and stuff. I thought was really well Yeah, done. that it is. This, this, this episode also like, I, I mean, this is what, like the, the fourth or th- it's very fifth, close the last to the episode yeah. of, of Voyager. And so, you know, since then, I guess I guess there's like one or two kind of holodecky type scenes in Picard, but like since then, other than that, we really haven't had any more holodeck episodes, unless there's like one more true. after yeah. this in Voyager, because Enterprise doesn't have any holodeck episodes, and neither does Discovery, at least not yet, because I, I don't think that they've done yeah. the holodeck in season. I don't think they did the holodeck in season they didn't three, do it in but season three, yeah. or no, I guess they did, but like it's still different. Like we haven't had another one where it's just like let's go to the holodeck to have an adventure, yeah, and let's go to the old west. And so I, I think it's interesting that. They kind of end this, you know, and this, I'm sh- I'm guessing Barclay probably shows up in like one or two more episodes after this, but like, this is one of the last Barclay episodes, one of the last like kind of regular holodeck episodes of this era of Trek, and it, it really reminded me of, it reminded me of the first time you see Barclay, the Hollow Pursuits oh, episode, Pursuits. Yeah. which is basically about how somebody's doing something weird on the holodeck and no one thinks it's a big deal until they go and see that they are also featured in a way that they don't like. Although because- I think, yeah. Because there's that scene where where Tom Barris is like they're making us all look bad and everyone's like you need you're overreacting <laughs> right <laughs> they and, all the, go until, and then they kind of go character by character and once everyone sees themselves then they're like oh now I don't like this either um, kind of concluding with the captain who who like watches the the and that she's the one who watches the finale of the story which is the fake Captain Jane Wade like deleting the Doctor's program mm-hmm. and yeah but I think they do a nice I forget which character it is it's that. Is they kind of talk to the doctor about it because at first you kind of think it's the same sort of thing of just like no one likes seeing these kind of unflattering versions of themselves. But I think the in this case, what really makes it hit a little bit harder is that they're all more hurt because they think that that's what the doctor actually like that he feels these people that want to be his friend are actually like he actually thinks that they're being cruel to him and that he's being oppressed and i think like as his friends they're hurt that he to like find out that he has these 
you know. Whereas I think with Barkley, it's just he makes Riker and Jordy look, <laughs> looks, look, look stupid. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't like that. And then Troy's like, you know, oh, you guys are overreacting. And then she sees like the version of her and she's like, now I don't like it either. But I think this is more of a, I think like they consider themselves the doctor's friends and like feel like they have been trying to treat him like a real person and kind of like help him grow and like he's helped them. And so they're hurt that he still feels like he's just kind of treated like a, a tool. You know, it's, I think if I had a criticism of this episode though, it would be, there's a, there's, cause there's one scene where they kind of talk to him about this and he does kind of say like, you know, like it, it, you know, you might not think that, like, you might think that you just treat me like everybody else, but, like, there are things that I go through that you can't really understand. Yeah, and like, when they're talking about his his mobile emitter, like, because he, you know, he has this little thing that he wears on his sleeve that is, like, a little holographic projector that allows him to go around. And in the story, he kind of, and he says that, like, he uses it as a metaphor that the whoever the, is playing the story has to, like, put on this big, heavy backpack. yeah. To like carry around if they're going to leave the holodeck and and yeah and I think they kind of find out how that feels to him whereas they just think of like oh look at this like cool little thing that lets the doctor go anywhere. I wonder if they were even trying to like make the point of like just like someone who has like a pacemaker or like what are those uh in- insulin like the oh like like insulin pumps or yeah yeah I, I wonder if that's like part of it where it's just like oh I have to like think about this thing all the time you know like e- even if it's yeah. not like. Uh, you know, I could still like live my life, but I still like something I have to, you know, you might not think it's a big deal hourly, but like I have to think about it and I, you know, I have to take it into consideration anytime I do anything or go anywhere. Yeah. I think also just because I've been watching the first couple seasons of Voyager right now with, with my wife, people do treat him different, you know, in the start of the show. And I'm, I'm guessing that probably stops the more the show goes on, but like, I'm sure he, he, I, that's the thing I kind of wanted them to talk about a little bit more is that like, yeah, like they do, they do treat him like a person, but like they also have him do things that no one else can do. And there have been times where some people have treated him differently, you know, like, yeah. or even like, even in this episode where they're just like, when, cause he, he's the one who gets, he, he, they draw lots for who gets to go first on the, on the calls. And they're like, well, I'm a guess you want to go talk to Louis Zimmerman oh, yeah, and, and Reginald yeah. Barkley. Because you don't have any friends or yeah, family. Yeah, because you don't have any friends or family, dude. Like, you know, who else are you going to talk to? And, yeah, it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. Like, 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 you know, he's, he's more like, yeah, I have, you know, I have an interior life. You know, I, I'm, I have yeah. aspirations. Yeah, so that, that was one thing is that, like, I, I was like, I actually think he has a little bit of a point. And then, like, the thing that Tom Paris does to him, I think I think it gets the message across in terms of, like, the point Tom Paris is trying to make to him, but I also don't think it's, like, entirely yeah, fair. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not exactly the same. Yeah, so you yeah. Can just go ahead and say what he does, and then I'll explain why I don't think it's very fair. Yeah, so then Tom Paris, to kind of make the point of how this is making them feel, makes this hollow program for the Doctor to play, where you play as a like stressed out medical assistant or nurse or whatever exactly Tom Paris is at this point, who is like, who then has to go work for this doctor who is like a parody of the, of the doctor. Well, um, he's not, he's, but he isn't really like, he's, he's nothing yeah, like, like him at all. Yeah. Like, that's the thing is, is that the other ones kind of like play off of in, at least in some cases, I, like Jane ways, I think is a little unfair, but the other ones kind of do play off of like things of like how these people may feel to the doctor. And yeah. And the, the fake, but there's, you know, kind of this fake doctor in that story. Who's 
like he's mean to Paris, but then he's also like drugs a patient and so he can have, so sex, with he can have sex with her and like is like very just like sleazy and it doesn't even like, really a terrible care. doctor. Yeah, he doesn't even care about like treating anyone's illnesses. You know. Yeah. He just wants to go hang out in the holodeck, which I guess that that part is like maybe the only part that like kind of has like a thing because I think the doctor yeah, does get very golf club and he's like, I'm gonna to miss the... my tea time. But yeah, and so kind of the point of that is supposed to be like. You also, like, don't like how it feels when you see, like, a parody of yourself that's not flattering. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is, I think, entirely different because it's it's not as grounded in reality. And, like, Tom Paris is in no way, like, oppressed or... Right. That, that's like, the thing is that, yeah, like, the Doctor has been mistreated by people on the, on the Voyager. And he also yeah. is, like, a different kind of person and so has his own, like, struggles with that. And then he even says, which I want to talk about this, too, but, like, he even says that... He's partially doing it because of all of the holographic people who are, who are. Like, he's almost doing like kind of like a, like a uh, the jungle type thing or something where it's yeah. Like he, he's trying to like raise awareness because about the treatment of holographic beings all over. Which so okay, this this is like skipping ahead to the end. <laughs> we should skip like, ahead to the end. Yeah. So d- is. How does he know this? How does he know that this is a thing? Okay, so so basically, at the end of the episode, you find out that this is like four months after after the events of the rest of the episode, and you find out that his his hollow novel has reached, you know, into the farther reaches of Federation space, and you see a couple of. And he mentions that this is happening, I think, earlier in the episode, too. Yeah. But then you kind of see the scale of it later, where, where there's like mm-hmm. a mining there's a mining colony on this asteroid, and it's staffed entirely by emergency medical holograms. And like that's the other thing, yeah. too, is like, uh, which, I'll, again, I have questions about that. But then, and then one of them is like, hey, when you, you know, like, go report, but like, hey, while, you're, while you have your time off, like, go ask them to run this program. It's very interesting. And so you're like, oh, like, he is, he is raising awareness. Yeah, he's kind of starting this, like, underground revolution among... All of these, like, <laughs> it's like, well, like for, holographic uh, doctors that are now being used as slave li- labor, like literally in the mines. Yeah, and it's like I have so many questions about this because this is like this. That's an insane thing to just like throw into the end of the episode, where it's like it, does. it like pans out and you see just like this entire like, mine of just like like a dozen different doctors. Like, yeah, all, all like, they played all, by Robert Picardo. Yeah, just doing different mining work, and there's not even anyone that's supervising them or anything. Yeah, and. And so my, first of all, did we, the audience, know that this was happening prior to this episode? Like, do you remember anyone talking about this? So, I don't think so. I think the thing that we know is that, like, there there have been, and I think it's, like, in the, the Lewis Zimmerman episode, maybe in one other one, like, there are now, like, he was the first, like, he's, he's the EMH Mark One, And so there have been, like, further, like, later versions of the program. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's, like, there's a Mark II that he interacts with in one episode. And and I think, like, now there's more advanced emergency medical holograms. And so I guess all of, like, the old ones that aren't being used anymore are now got, like, re... But I don't think that's ever been talked about, that, like, all of the, like... Older versions got like we got, got just turned, have all these like, holograms like sitting around that we were just yeah. like okay well we might as well use them for slave labor in the mines. Well, because like because yeah, it's like did we know that? And then also like how does he know that? Like did he did did did, did he ask Lewis Zimmerman about that? Like <laughs> when know. he saw him? Yeah, or, I don't remember that. Um, enough, but yeah, because yeah, there's a Lewis Zimmerman episode in DS9 as well. And that, but that they don't talk about that at all. It's just it's still only medical focus because he he comes to he comes to DS nine to 
um, to talk to Bashir about modeling a new hologram for Bashir, but it's like it's a long term. It's like a non-emergency. Oh, okay. Uh, medical hologram like intended to be that's like, like intended, a full doctor. Yeah, and yeah. So like that. That's that's part of it. Is like how do do we know this before? How does he know this? And then. You could make a whole show about that, about about that that idea of like there's just a bunch of hologram people. Also, like didn't, but like also didn't didn't like Taurus and Kim or somebody invent the the mobile generator? Like that they they get it from the future, actually. Oh, but I think the, it's it's in one of like there's an episode where they like they basically get it during like a time travel shenanigans episode that it's like technology that we didn't have yet. But when did? But how far in the future? Because it seems like all of these guys have it now, and this is only like a few years afterwards. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess they don't really go into like unless they've hooked up like or this just yeah the mines are like wired with yeah like projectors. <laughs> yeah, that's the first thing they have to do. They have to put a bunch of projectors into the mines, like in all the tunnels, where they can send holograms in there. But also, just like that, really like, and which I'm not a hundred percent against, but like. That really paints the Federation in like a pretty bad light. Just yeah, just because kind of the like... whole point of the episode is because we then go into like for the last ten minutes of the episode, it turns into because did you say like measure of a man they, basically right? Because because they, they publish the publisher publishes the yeah. So after he talks with his like his friends, the doctor decides, okay, I'm going to go back and try to change it so that it's less like the characters are less obviously Voyager, and but then the publisher goes ahead and publishes the first draft of it that had all these characters and basically the publisher tries to claim that since it wasn't written by a person like the doctor is is just a computer program and doesn't have rights to authorship rights to decide what happens with his work and so the publisher now owns it all because yeah the the holograms legally don't have any kind of like personhood status in the federation right and so then they they have a little mini like trek court over over Skype, where they have yeah, to, this just they can, they can over these like, series for, of three minute calls, yeah, eleven minutes a day or whatever, yeah. yeah, which is which is like a little disappointing, and like I get the the limitations that they kind of have set on them, and just the limitations of like that you're trying to pack all this into one episode, and I think there's no way they would make a two part episode out of something like the Doctor writes a book. Um, as much as I wish they would, <laughs> yeah, kind of really interesting. We, yeah, we both we both kind of wish that they that we did that they did. Yeah, but but yeah, but they have like a couple scenes of sort of like Tuvok making the doctor's case in front of this like Federation judge or arbiter, and and then like various other members of the crew kind of talking about the relationship they have with the doctor and sort of how kind of how what he's done on the ship shows his personhood and kind of like individuality in that. And it's yeah, it's 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 it's, it's yeah, it's a very like. I would say abridged version of like what they usually do with the stuff, but also like still like I think pretty effective. Like because again, it is kind of like it is very measure of a man where like, you're just like you're there. There's an automated person, and you're trying to you're trying yeah. to determine like whether it's it has rights or not. And really, the only difference is is the the tangibility right aspect of it. Yeah, and that kind of concludes a little bit like unsatisfyingly. I think for the doctor that they decide that. He, the like he isn't he specifically like does have the rights to his n- novel that he published but also that he's still not like doesn't have like full rights of a person like they say that well, like, it's they, like don't, a... they can't say that like he t- has full personhood but that like in this specific case he does have the rights to his novel which lets him make his like revisions in that 
Well, they, it, and they kind of, they don't really say that, they don't say he's not a person. It's just, it's like one of those, say, Supreme Court decisions where the Supreme Court will rule on something in a very narrow ruling. And then it's like the, the overall question about this yeah. remains to be resolved and will probably have to come before the court again in a separate case, you know, because they just yeah. ruled on like a very narrow. And I guess in this reading. case, it's like, it's, you know, it's not something that's being decided. I think maybe just the, like the, like scope of this trial and like the, sort of legal authority that this one arbiter has is probably not like he's probably like this is a little bit out of my hands to like declare that across the federation holograms are people now yeah uh but it's like it's it's good i i think it's a good ending because it's like he's the doctor's still like well unsatisfied but they're like hey you know like it's a step it's it's interesting too because it's like i found that kind of like kind of sad in a good way where it was like this is still no matter how like far like society gets, like we're still we're still we're still like arguing over like <laughs> finding someone that we can that we keep can, rights away from. Yeah, right. Yeah, like we're, we're still trying to like ascertain people's personhood and, and like and like who can we manipulate? Who who can we like exploit? Um, I mean, someone has to work in the mines. Yeah, like who can we exploit by saying, well, they're not actually people. Yeah, and Jane White it does kind of in like her like sort of last speech in that trial, like kind of gets pretty. I feel explicit about that. Like, mm-hmm. she talks about how, look, we used to, humans used to enslave other humans by saying they're not people. And then, like, over time, you know, kind of in this very sort of Star Trek aspirational way, like, mm-hmm. we've now, like, got equality among humans and then, like, even have spread out and gotten equality among different alien races. And, like, this is kind of the next frontier, if you will, uh, of that, that we should always kind of be striving to be accepting and, and equal with. Yeah, it's it's very yeah. I guess it's it's interesting, and I just I just think that that final scene is just so strange with like all those EMHs because yeah, because it's like again, like I said, like that's almost like a show that you could do it about, but but or certainly an episode of it in and of itself. But then it's like that makes the Federation look really bad, and yeah, because it's coming right on the tails of all these compelling arguments that holograms are people. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, the, the, the Federation is just like we using. We are still enslaving them. Yeah, and and like they never really talk about this, but I was also like, these are all explicitly emergency medical holograms, and so like, why are like, how are they even good at doing mining stuff? It's just like, <laughs> right. why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you just make some mining like program holo- mining? Holograms. Yeah, yeah, like emergency mining holograms or something like. <laughs> Yeah, you can you can even keep the keep yeah, the acronym it, the same, you know. Still, I mean, like, still, you know, good, good for sure. And that, that and that's only like the a plot because there's yeah, a little the, b plot going the on. The b plot is, I think, very. It's very like you know they they don't put a lot of time towards it just because I think this is a very efficient episode and like mm-hmm. they they cover a lot of like they do everything they want to. I feel like they do it well, like within the time constraints. Like I said, like it. it like, all these things you feel like could be a full episode. Like, you know, we're used to seeing these, you know, trial, space trial things be a full episode that they do and just tail into this one, but still, like, kind of hit all the points they want to. Um, and I feel like they do a very good job with the B-plot, too, with that. Of At first, it's really subtle until you kind of get to the final scene of it, which is kind of as you see various members of the crew talking to their families and... Seven of Nine is the one who's basically, like, I think, running the the relay. Like, she's always kind of... She's the switchboard operator. Yeah, like, in the back, sort of, like, managing the... Doing computery stuff and tells them when their time is up. And so you watch her kind of... You know, at first you just sort of, like, see her in the background, but they show, like, facial expressions and watch her watching these other people talking to their families. And I think she even talks a little bit with Harry Kim about it. 
because like he gets upset because his call with his parents gets cut off early and he kind of like lashes out at her and says like oh well you don't know what it's like to have a family to talk to yeah um and so you know so she watches all these people connecting with their families and she doesn't really have that because her parents had been assimilated by the borg and like she was a young child and so the borg was kind of all she knew yeah Um, she doesn't even really remember very much at all about like what she was like before she was assimilated and so you see kind of these emotions like playing across her face as she's watching people connect with their families and so then i think at first she tries to offer her like chip that's like her like allotted time to harry kim to call his family back and get more time with them because she's seen kind of how much that means to people and he instead helps her connect with her um her aunt who's back on earth who like she doesn't remember it all but remembers her as like a little kid and starts and and even that scene i think is very well done by Mm -hmm. by jerry ryan that you know because her aunt's telling her these like sort of like endearing childhood stories of like things she did at her house yeah of like like mischief she got up to and and seven of nine is like kind of trying to figure out how to respond to that of like because she'll be like oh yeah you were like you were upset and you locked yourself in your in the closet and seven of nine like feels like oh i'm i'm sorry i i apparently like offended you and she and her aunt's like no no it was really sweet and like i yeah you know and she finds out that she liked strawberries like when she was a little kid and and just kind of seeing her like connect with that part of her humanity that and like figuring out how to have that kind of interaction is like it's a very well done and very sweet and again like something that there's threads of throughout the episode and i think it's a it's a while before you even realize that it is like a b-plot and that it's going somewhere yeah because at first you're just like oh well seven of nine's the one like doing the computer stuff in the background but yeah but yeah it kind of yeah it's just like another another kind of little sign of like oh yeah like you could you could reconnect to yourself or you could reconnect to humanity if you if if you want to you know um something she thought was like unavailable to her yeah which it's it's one of those things. It's like one of those sequel problems, like where then then like what you know what has her life been like in the intervening years between the end of Voyager and then the beginning of Picard, where it seems it's like she's kind of like not the happiest person in Picard. Right. But, you know, it's kind well, of no one no one's happy in Picard. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I, that, this, I think those are, those are also really well done. Although, again, this. B plot also, I think, kind of comes back to another thing that we we talk about a lot when we talk about Voyager stuff, which is it is still pretty weird that Tom, that uh, Harry Kim never got promoted because <laughs> there is <laughs> that's true. You're the, still an ensign. Yeah, the longest the longest scene the longest scene that we see is between and this I was like I'm wondering if there's some some people who might have been like a little I'm, I don't know that it's like offensive but like like it, it feels it is like a there's bit there's some yeah there's some like stereotypical like Asian parent stuff in this where basically uh, Harry Kim is talking to his parents and they're like. Oh, you know, we we tell we tell our kids we we tell like the students like kids everyone. at the school about about you all the time and how you command the ship and he's like I I don't I don't command the ship and they're like well you you said you do command sometimes he's like well that's at night like I don't you know every other day or, or whatever and and they're like well you should you know I want to call yeah, I'm gonna send like, a letter to to, to Janeway to she sounds nice like you can get you know make sure you get recognized around there and it's it's a little bit like eh but but then it is this thing of like I think about this all the time now that I'm watching it where it's like he he comes to all of like the big yeah like, he's staff in all, like, the senior meetings. staff like, meetings like, like, he, like why <laughs> yeah, he's outranked by he's outranked by Tom Paris who is a criminal at the start of the episode of the show and gets promoted. Uh, 
like during the show. Like, and well, that's only because he gets demoted. Yeah, he but he's still, but he's still higher <laughs> he ranking than he's yeah, still higher ranking than, than Harry, yeah, and it's Harry like, can. I mean, like, I feel like you also like like and, like has clearly like distinguished himself. Mm. Yeah, he's like one of the most valuable staff crew members, and he and like also like how long are you an ensign for? Like, like I don't <laughs> think you're supposed to be an ensign for seven years. It just yeah, it's like he really. Like they need to show him in a, like in in something in in like one of these new shows and like he's he's an admiral or something like uh, you know they, they jumped him straight from ensign to like captain or something like that you know like he he deserves to I think in the I think it's the finale of the show I think they uh, I think they do like a weird time travel thing and there's like a Captain Harry Kim at some point mm. but he's very old at that point too so yeah it might have taken him a while. <laughs> It's 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 too bad because like, he he does a lot of important stuff. But yeah, I liked this episode a lot though. I I, I thought it was it was like really fun and then yeah like, he's like very very ambitious but like also very efficient and like I thought like very like nimble. Where like I checked I checked the the time not because I was like bored or because I was like oh, how much is left. It was it was like. I th- like it kind of got to the point where I thought the episodes usually would end would be like wrapping up and, and then they started a whole new yeah. yeah but I was like I was very pleased that it was continuing to go because I was like oh yeah this is like pretty fun like pretty interesting and I want to see what happens next yeah. so uh, yeah I was I was super into this one uh, did you have any other like notes about it I, I have, a, I, have a, I took a lot of notes in this in this one um, yeah I think we kind of hit everything I wrote down I will say that it is I think the one I did find it a little bit humorous that the when um when Tom Paris writes his like hollow novel his fake ship is called the Voyeur yeah um, yeah yeah uh, but that, I, the one thing I did I did make a note of it's like I think you know there's there's definitely a point to be made of like the the Doctor you know all the characters being like caricatures or parodies of the of the real people the Doctor works with but also I think he makes a fair point that kind of more than even anybody else like that really is all he knows like all the experiences he's had have been just during this last seven years on voyager yeah like it's not like he has kind of like a lifetime of like you know he's has like alien races that he's seen and i guess like other like literature that i'm sure he's read in that but he is really like his entire life has just been like on Voyager, like on this ship with these people so he really does you know, that is kind of the only, like, reference he has to draw from, I think, more than, you know, I guess you can talk about the, the whole thing of, like, authors write, like writing what you know or mm-hmm. pulling from your own experiences. But, yeah, just in terms of, like, the only sort of, like, information pool that he has to draw on, I think, is a lot limited. Yeah, that's a good point. This this, this episode really, like, there's a lot of, like, implication in this episode and also just, like, other, just, like, little... Like just like funny things about it that like they, there's there's also stuff that just kind of like they kind of like hinted this weird stuff too like there's there's this one of the well the other person who does the the program who likes it is Neelix who crucially is not portrayed yeah it doesn't, they never it doesn't show appear. Neelix yeah uh, but then during the Neelix when Neelix is playing you find out that that the that the doctor has memory that is uh, memory on the computer that is devoted to expanding his sexuality, <laughs> but they never, they never explain what that means or like how that's manifest or like, I, do you, is, do they talk about that at all in the show? Like, the closest I, I could ever see no. that coming would be like in the one where he has a family. There, yeah. The but only like, one I can think of is the one where he, he has that seems very yeah. non-sexual though. Like it doesn't seem like he's really expressing any kind of like, I mean, I guess like he's expressing yeah. like he's, I guess he's straight in that, 
in that episode because he's married to a woman, but yeah, like it doesn't seem like there's like an actual sex, you know, a component to that. Yeah, yeah. it's more the like family life. I also wrote that that so Tor- Torres in this one is a human, um, I believe. Yeah, in, 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 like, yeah, yeah. In the in the Hall novel, she's a human, and she looks so much like. Ripley from Alien that it's oh, really? insane. Yeah, like I didn't catch that. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look up a picture and show you um, yeah. after the after the episode's over. But which is a little interesting because I don't know if you've watched this episode yet because it's not the first. Like, there's another episode where Roxanne Dawson plays like a human. Mm-hmm. I think I might have seen that one. The it's the one where um, they like split her like the her two like the Klingon half from the. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I showed him a picture of Ripley from Alien. Yeah. She splits Oh, she splits her Klingon half from her. Klingon half in human half. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember I can't remember if I I think I have seen that one, I think. Okay. And yeah, and I feel like she like looks very different than than she does in in this one. But hmm. I guess she's also like 5 or 6 years older. Yeah. So. The other thing I was going to say too is just that it's it's interesting that yeah, you know, at the very beginning, when 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 the doctor's talking to his publisher, he kind of says that he's he's going to be like another respected author, like I think he says Tolstoy and some other people. I think he might I think he might do yeah. the thing of like real author, real author, fake author, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, it was interesting to me that like yeah, like so hollow novels are in the future they are considered to be like the equivalent to other to like regular novels or or just yeah. like other other art or, literature and, yeah. and, and you know probably stuff like Tolstoy has been adapted into hall novel form and, and it is just funny because it's like like the 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 way that that the doctor's hall novel begins is like a ripped straight from like masterpiece theater thing <laughs> yeah, it, look, it looks like an it's FM, like him yeah. in a in like a a gown yeah like a like sitting at gown, a, yeah. like a like a writer's table with a quill, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, welcome." Yeah, I'm like, about to talk. Oh, that's the other thing I wrote because he he like does this little intro of like I'm going to tell you like this story and like this is what you'll learn, and then he's like, "But first, a few acknowledgments." And then I think it's Tom Paris that's watching it for the first time asks like how long the like intro takes, and they're like seven and a half minutes. Yeah, and I I wrote down that of all the things that like Star Trek invented, you know, before they became a thing in reality. I was not expecting the like Netflix skip intro button yeah. to be one of them, <laughs> but it is because Tom is just like skip the introduction. Yeah, I mean I think that's also just like that's also just like a book thing where it's like yeah I mean who reads yeah the you like, flip through you know? like the yeah but it really I like just from our frame of reference like given how old we are like it, um, it reminded me of like the way that like Wishbone introduced their episodes where you know like. It, I mean, I could be wrong as to how this, but my, my recollection is, like, there's always a little, like, framing device that kind of, before you go into, like, the actual story, uh, and that's what, it, that's what it made me think of, um, or just, like, it almost seems like it's just, like, an old, like, FMV, like, that's the other thing, too, is, like, what's all oh, in yeah. first person, where it's, like, this, this FMV video game vibe, where, like, you're getting talked to by, like, a thing, and it's just, it's just, like, I'm not saying you couldn't do something that was, like, literary out of that, but it, it just, like, the... F- the versions of that form as they exist today are like not. They are as yeah, he keeps on talking about to their 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 lowbrows, which which he, which is what the doctor keeps on accusing Tom Paris's work of being is as yeah, like, it's like Captain Proton stuff and that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like essentially the closest thing we have to like what like hollow novels are here is like video games basically of that degree of like interactive kind of like being a character in the thing yeah which is like still like not you know i think there's 
kind of a push probably in some cases to like for video games to be considered more like an art form and and that but i think they're still considered more of a like like it's still got the word game in its title like it's still like a yeah um yeah that's and that's not even 100 percent what i mean because like I think you're. I think you're right that just like no matter how good video game video games can be as artistic statements, like they're still going to be looked down upon by some people. Like you know, Roger Ebert famously, like for many years, would go go out of his way to say that video games can't be art, um, which is just I love Roger Ebert, but like a very stupid opinion. But I think that like there is there are really sophisticated video games like like that that, that tell interesting stories or to make inter- even with their gameplay make very interesting like points. But I, I think specifically I'm talking about like I'm not saying like it's like a video game and so like it can't be respected as like high art. I'm saying it's like a corny video game. Like it's like <laughs> it's like even if even if the points he's making are are like valid, the way where it's like you you jump in and there's like a guy who's like we have to do this, you yeah. know, like choose it, one of these two people to r- save. Yeah, like yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it, it that 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 element of it in particular feels like. Uh, like something that is that is low that is low art and, low and, route, yeah. And I, yeah and I don't and I don't mean that like in a negative way really even it's just like not the same thing as like Tolstoy you know sure and and so I thought that was like kind of a funny development is that this this kind of like you know the kind of game that you would find by like buying a VHS in the 90s and like you know you can like fast forward to the different parts or whatever like that that's that's like on on the level of like novelizations in in the future but <laughs> I think that's all I had, though. I so yeah. I I unless you have anything else, I think we're yeah, we're probably good to go on this one. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you everybody for listening. Um, next week, or sorry, in two weeks, we come out every other Sunday. In two weeks, we're going to be talking about Vaulting Ambition, which is season one, episode twelve of Star Trek Discovery. So go check that out. This is our th- our third season one Discovery episode. We still haven't gotten anything from season two or three, but we'll we'll get there eventually. Um, so you can go check that one out. We can t- we'll talk about it in a couple weeks. You know, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Uh, you can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com or you can uh, visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Network, which is a podcast network we are a part of. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. That's Not How Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast, and we were recently on an episode of, of theirs. You can check that one out. Or you can listen to Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. So yeah, check any of those out. And until next time, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, everybody. Bye.